This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This is going to be a multi-year fight. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? It is not a hoax. It is real. Something that we have never experienced before. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. Welcome, welcome to Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends. Dr. Rick Bright was the director of the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, basically a top vaccine official for the Department of Health and Human Services, the HHS within the U.S. government, until last month. He's not there now. But today, he testified in front of Congress that if this country does not step up its response to this pandemic, Americans will suffer what he called unprecedented illness and fatalities. The case numbers may be starting to flatten in some parts of the U.S., but at least 85,000 deaths have already been reported in this country, and this number is only going to get bigger. Researchers are moving at unprecedented speed, but they're still struggling to understand this pandemic. What exactly does this COVID-19 virus do to our bodies? And what lessons can we draw from what is known about other viral diseases? Well, here to answer some of these questions is our guest today, Dr. Angela Rasmussen. She's a virologist and researcher at the Center of Infection and Immunity at the Columbia University School of Public Health. Welcome to Science Rules, Dr. Rasmussen. Is it okay if I call you Angie? Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. Okay. This sounds like this COVID-19 is a coronavirus. The common cold is a coronavirus, a day at the office for viruses, but there's something about this one that is special and weird and creepy. Is that right? That's right. (laughs) So there's a few things about this coronavirus that makes it different from those other common cold coronaviruses, as well as the other coronaviruses that we may have heard of, such as uh, MERS coronavirus and SARS coronavirus. And the main thing about this one is that it's more deadly than the common cold cold, uh, coronaviruses. It's also much more transmissible than SARS classic. Um, Now, SARS classic was actually more deadly according to the number of people that it infected Uh, There were about 8,000 people originally infected and about 800 of them died. 
So it had a higher case fatality rate than this one appears to, but this one is able to spread uh, throughout the world, as we've seen. So I've never heard the term SARS classic. That's one that I invented, <laughs> um, and perhaps it shows my age because I remember when Coke Classic came out. I see. Okay, so everybody, if you're not of a certain age, Coke Classic was in response to a product called New Coke, which was not especially successful. This is New Corona. This is New Corona, except unlike New Coke, it seems to have caught on all around the world. So you studied these deadly, deadly, scary viruses, and now you're studying this one. What does it do to our body? That's one of my main research questions uh, for all of these viruses that I study and right now for SARS-2, for this one, we don't really know. Um, we are finding out all the time that there are patients coming in with symptoms that look very different from uh, a classic case of acute respiratory distress syndrome or the pneumonia that people have talked about um, and we're talking about in the beginning. Now we know that um, it may be associated with different cardiovascular problems. There may be blood clotting disorders. We've heard of people having strokes. Um, there may be liver issues. There may be kidney issues. Uh, you may have heard about these COVID toes that, uh, that appear to be some type of blood clotting or bleeding disorder. So there's all sorts of weird things that this virus is doing that we don't normally expect to see from a respiratory virus. Now, another thing about this virus, it's, it changes, right? I mean, not only does it have a wide range of symptoms, but the virus itself is somehow different day to day, month to month. Yes, yeah, so that's true. Um, RNA viruses like coronaviruses, basically when they copy their genome, they don't have the ability to correct any mistakes that they've made. And I've heard this compared to like a, a monk in the Middle Ages who would be copying a Bible by hand. If that guy makes a mistake um, anywhere in there, any future copies of that Bible will be repeated by the people who are copying it on down the line. So uh, this thing is a problem. Somehow it's able to affect all these different systems in our bodies with this one virus. In your opinion, is there a key? Is there, if we could just understand this one thing, we'd understand how it's able to do all these bad things to us? Well, I might be biased because this is really the central topic of my entire lab's research program, but I think the key is the host response. So what is the thing that every person with COVID, whether they have a mild case, whether they have severe pneumonia, whether they have COVID toes, whatever. One thing that's in common is host, the human host. And it's those responses um, to the infection. You may have heard of the cytokine storm. Cytokine storm. Yeah, it sounds very sinister. It was a, whoever, whoever coined that term um, found a suitably dramatic term to talk about with non-scientists. But that's really what it is. It's um, your immune system effectively overreacting to the virus. And that overreaction can itself cause a lot of the disease that, that we're observing. So I think really all these different manifestations of the disease can probably be answered by trying to figure out what about the host response is triggering all these different uh, clinical complications. And you think you're going to be able to track that down? Or do you think it's elusive? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. eventually. Okay, everybody talks about testing. And today... The 14th of May, 2020, is the very day that Dr. Bright is testifying in front of the U.S. Congress about what he believes is the reason he got fired. Asked to resign. <laughs> he, was, he, he, he was forced to quit. Uh, or, yeah, demoted, I think. 
And it's another thing to me uh, as as a voter and taxpayer, people uh, on the other side like to talk all the time about the the deep state. Well, this Dr. Bright is the deep state. Uh, he's the he's a government worker that just goes to work every day in some extraordinary thing called the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. And he's another guy that says, without testing, we're in trouble. What's your view about testing? I totally agree with him. Um, I totally agree with everybody who has been sort of going on about the mantra, you know, test and trace, test and trace, because it's really not feasible to keep the whole country, you know, at home for like a year, a year and a half. Um, The idea was to buy us some time so that we could be safe about the way that we reopen. And physical distancing, masks, the more we learn about this virus, um, we understand the limitations of those things. Um, For example, in office environments, uh, there appears to be an increased transmission risk. So in order to reopen safely, what we need to have in addition to those things is the ability to identify cases really early on in infection, isolate them, treat them, and also find out who they were in contact with, quarantine those people, and test them. That's the key to stopping community transmission before it gets so widespread that it's out of control, which is where we were in March. But if we reopen, we could go easily back right into an upward trajectory unless we can identify those infected people before they know that they're sick. So this is where Dr. Bright used the expression, the dark winter. We're coming up on a dark winter. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it might be a dark summer. Um, We don't really know if COVID is seasonal. Um, I think that assumption has been made just because other respiratory viruses like this, like the common cold and influenza, are seasonal. But we don't really know if this one is going to be seasonal. And certainly there has been transmission in places where there's warmer weather like Singapore. And the thing I've been trying to think about is it's it's a matter of trying to assess risk. And that's really hard to do right now because we still don't know that much about this virus. We only learned about it five and a half months ago. How long do you normally take to learn about a virus, like SARS or MERS? Well, um, with SARS, certainly we we found out about it relatively quickly with the same way that we found about this one with these atypical um, pneumonia cases coming into hospitals. Um, For reasons that we don't completely understand, SARS was controlled and went away. And it's been hypothesized that it's because it's less transmissible from person to person and also because nobody's just found the the natural reservoir. Um, But it's kind of a mystery still why that didn't come back. So a reservoir in this case is animals out there in the world. So is the COVID-19 reservoir bats? So we think that originally it, it is derived from a bat coronavirus. What we don't know is if there was some other animal in between. And, you know, you've heard probably people have suggested that pangolins, which are a scaly anteater, um, might be involved. Uh, the pangolin coronaviruses are very similar to this one in certain parts of the virus, but not throughout. So it's also possible there could be some other animal involved in which this virus could have adapted to be better at infecting humans. We actually haven't found the bat like sort of grandfather of this virus either. We don't know what its direct ancestor was. So even though it's a lot like a lot of bat coronaviruses we found, we don't actually have its like parent virus from bats. So when you say like, when you say similar, you know, uh, it's very popular now to see an image, an image of the coronavirus. This uh, looks to me like red push pins in a styrofoam yeah. <laughs> orange. Now, yes. how much of it 
is the mechanical shape of the virus versus the sequence of RNA, ribonucleic acid. So that actually, the sequence of the RNA directly affects the the surface and the structure of the virus particle. The mutations that are the most interesting, I think, are the what's called the receptor binding domain. So the tip of those spike proteins that we see on the outside of the virus particle. That's the part of the virus that actually needs to get in and infect a cell. So this is a call-in show, Angie. And we have, <laughs> uh, no, it is. And we have, I think... A very uh, a relevant question. So let's roll that digital recording. Hi, Bill Nye. My name's Allie Tucker. I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, if you test it positive for COVID-19, is there a chance that you could get it again? For example, some flu viruses have changed. Is the COVID-19 virus changing? Um, and is it possible to get it again if you've already had it? Thank you for what you're doing. Love the show. Bye-bye. Thank you, Allie. Angie, Allie. That's an awesome question, and it's really one of the million-dollar questions about this. Um, so right now, we, we don't know. Um, it does appear that the virus is not changing in the parts of the spike protein, which is the orange things on the <laughs> outside of the virus particle. So antibodies recognize um, the little lumpy parts on those orange spikes that stick out of the virus particle. And by recognizing them, they can bind the virus, make it non-infectious. And one of the ways of doing that is actually by blocking its ability to interact with ACE2 and get into the cell. So it's like sticking a piece of chewing gum into like a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You basically make it so that it's impossible for the virus to get in by doing that. We do know that people who've had COVID and recovered make antibodies. And so far, it looks like most of those people have antibodies that are what we call neutralizing. So they they interfere with that reaction. They do the job. They get the job done. But what we don't know is how long they last um, and if they're fully protective. So the, the caller was asking about flu and flu's ability to sort of evade the immune system. Flu actually mutates much more quickly than coronaviruses. So uh, that's not, a, fortunately, a factor with this. And like I said, we don't have any genetic evidence that suggests there would be changes um, that are important enough in that spike protein to prevent antibodies from binding to it. But we haven't conclusively proven that people who have antibodies are immune and protected. Yeah, so there'll be a time where you can get reinfected. You'll have uh, like chronic symptoms. Reminds me of what I've heard about malaria. Like it. Yeah, it's possible that that could be a factor. We don't have any evidence so far that this virus um, can really do that. But um, there have been some reports, you know, that virus has persisted um, in stool, in semen, in these other parts of the body that may be less uh, likely to be targeted by the immune system. Um, We don't know if virus can sort of hang out in one of these, what we call immunologically privileged sites. So there's still really a lot of questions. And I think given the, the, diversity of the symptoms that we're seeing with COVID, I just don't think we can rule out the possibility that people could become reinfected. But so far, we don't have any evidence that it's happening. We'll be back right after this.
This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. A couple things now. If you were in charge, what would you be doing right now? So I'd do a few things. I'd try to figure out the actual problems and getting tests out to the communities that need them. I would also try to improve, I guess, coordination between the federal government, actually within federal agencies, um, as well as with the state and local governments. Because right now, you know, we have different areas, different states with different policies about reopening and different testing capacities. This doesn't need to be a one-size-fits-all sort of testing uh, surveillance strategy. We can, we can divert resources flexibly to communities that, that show evidence of an increase in cases. Um, but there's no evidence to me anyways that the federal government is effectively coordinating all of these responses, even within the federal government itself. The politicization of this has been a real problem. They stripped a grant away from a nonprofit research institution in New York um, called EcoHealth Alliance that had been doing a lot of back coronavirus work with collaborators in China. And we actually, ironically, wouldn't know as much as we do about this virus if it weren't for the work that that grant funded. Is, is COVID going to be like people just get sick and stay sick for decades? Well, I really hope not. But um, one really unfortunate consequence of these large outbreaks that are sort of unprecedented, we can take a lot of lessons from the West African epidemic of Ebola. Um, After that, uh, a lot of the people um, who recovered from Ebola not only had to deal with a lot of social stigmas that we didn't really understand very well before, but they also have had these weird um, continuing sequelae or symptoms that have continued potentially suggesting that their acute Ebola infection caused these longer-term health problems. So there's insomnia, um, neurological problems, vision problems in people, and uh, we're just starting to understand that now for COVID as people are starting to recover. And unfortunately, it's going to be a long time before we really understand this, if ever. I mean, you asked me earlier about, you know, when did we find out about most viruses? And with SARS, again, we found out about it relatively quickly there's still a lot that we don't know about it. And there's still a lot we don't know about influenza. And we've been living with that for centuries. 
So um, it's it's a real problem, but I guess it's good for people in my profession because there's always something interesting to work on. I mean, one thing that, that I think is a bright spot in this is that people are much more interested in science and microbiology. And so I'm hoping that at least one bright spot that might come out of this is a new generation of, of really brilliant and innovative uh, microbiologists and epidemiologists. Uh, let's hope so. So everybody, you know, I like to say all the time, Angie, the analogs between this pandemic and people's response to climate change are amazing, where the problem just seems so big, you can't deal with it, you're in denial, but the answers are going to come from the kids. And by that, I mean, students who are in schools today are going to come out and just treat these problems differently. I'm sure of it. They're going to embrace science and change the world. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic about the future. But in the meantime, we are looking uh, potentially at a very dark year. Is that right? Yeah. And I think it, it could even be longer than that. I mean, I really hate to be, you know, I guess Angie Downer, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of this really depends on when we can develop an effective vaccine or develop a treatment that, that really has a major impact on mortality. Um, and I don't see us being like having that happen in the next couple months. I hope that I'm wrong. Well, we all hope, but hope's not doing it. It reminds no. me of the word should. The car should start. The autopilot should land us okay. But yeah. we, <laughs> we should be wrapping this up. Angie, thank you so much for taking the time. Anytime, Bill. This was great. Our guest today has been Dr. Angela Rasmussen. Angie, she is a virologist and a researcher at the Center of Infection and Immunity at the Columbia University School of Public Health. Join the conversation, please. Leave us a voicemail about your experience with this pandemic, especially your question. We had a great question today from Allie in Tennessee. The number, you remember this technology, everybody. You call, use your phone, voice, not a text. Use your voice. 201-472-0785. Then you hear the beep and you start talking. 201-472-0785. I'm Bill Nye, and I'm your host and my friends. We are all in this together, and so more than ever, science rules. Now, if you like Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition, and of course I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us learn who's listening to the show, what you want to hear about. It helps other people learn about the show, and I hope makes the world just a little bit better. Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is produced by Stephanie Kariuki, Harry Huggins, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor today is Tracy Samuelson. Our engineer is Louis Fleming, who also mixed this episode, as he so often does. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks again to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the CCO, the chief content officer at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, everybody, science rules. And as I like to say, one more thing. Wait, it's three more things. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Thanks, everyone. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. 
Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.